This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Agony Uncles. I'm Uncle Si. And I'm your Uncle Dave. And this is the podcast in which we, the Hairy Bikers, use all our experience and wisdom to try and help you with your troubles. If you want to get in touch with us, which would be really handy, because otherwise without you we've not got a show, it's really easy. So just email your problems to agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. That's agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. Now, helping us with your bag of bother this week is the voice of your problems, the thin white duke, Jeeves. Ah, yes. Hello. Nice to see you. Um, It's a uh, busy show for you today, and you're going to have to use all of your problem-solving brains because uh, you're going to have to solve issues from potatoes through to hair dye. So good luck with that. And as always, here with the advice from the South, it's Posh Tash! (laughs) Morning, morning. Okay, uh, right, Uncle Dave, waggle your wingly jingly wongle. Bing, bong, bing, bong, bong, bong. Hello, hairy bikers. Bong, bong. Here is my request. Bong. I have got a problem that I must get off my chest. Won't you listen to my story like a hairy Jack and Ori? Because I heard your advice is the best. In this week's edition of the Agony Uncles podcast, Uncle Si, Uncle Dave and Posh Tash, you're going to be tending to these troubles. We have a shortbread saga. We have the world's greatest food. We have a lamentable lunch. And in Confidential Corner, it's a hair dye dilemma. Uh, should that be a hair dilemma? Hmm. But we'll start with a shortbread saga. And this comes to us from Greet. Uh, who's written in, who says, Hi Dave, Sai, the Duke and Posh Tash. I'm very fond of shortbread and I bake them regularly. I only have one problem. I jab the shortbread cookies with a fork before baking, but the dimples disappear completely while they're baking. What am I doing wrong? I use 125 grams of butter, 50 grams sugar, all the right ingredients. They're delicious, but the dimples disappear while they're baking. Any ideas? Over to you, says uh- Greet. I prod them a bit harder, a bit deeper. <laughs> but my question is, I had some wonderful shortbreads the other day and they didn't have dimples. No. Why does it have to have a dimple in it? <laughs> well, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. A petticoat tail it doesn't have a dimple. A shortbread finger might have a fork mark. I think that's but, what you know, she's doing. Shortbread fingers. And, and yeah. But dimple freeze okay, isn't it? Oh, Your tea will still soak in. Well, yeah. You'll drop in your tea in a holy mess and you'll curse it. Oh, is yeah. that what the dimple's for, to soak more tea in? I don't know. Well, no. you just let the heat through, isn't it? I, yeah, I Dude, I don't know. Just, I love this podcast. With dimples? What? <laughs> right, I'm Googling it. Why do you prick your shortbread? As two avid shortbread makers, I don't know. It's never been an issue. <laughs> oh, sometimes I prick, sometimes I don't. Using a fork to prick the door allows the skin to escape. It doesn't punch a hole, does it? It just makes a dimple. It's not making a, a vent of any sort. 
I, I mean, I understand what, what the lady is saying in the sense that, you know, she just needs to put a little bit more pressure on her dimpleage, <laughs> i.e. prod her fork a bit harder into the mix. Well, that's God. not a dimple, is it? It's a hole. <laughs> I wonder if she means like, you know, like focaccia, that has dimples, which you form with your fingers. Yeah. So I call a dimple. I wouldn't call a fork producing a dimple. Mm. That's a hole. A pimple, yeah. A pimple. Yeah. For the benefit of those without video, Sai has got his head in his hands at this point. <laughs> 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 Let's get to the next gritty problem. Yes. We're the love these. <laughs> just going under the desk. Hang on a sec. Okay, okay. I'm... What for? Well, uh, we'll find out in a minute. This is it, a says, good... it says my battery's about to go, but it's all plugged in, so I'm just panicking the power's not on. But it is... I'm on, I'm on, I'm on. We're all laughing uh, you now. Would've, you would have oh. turned it off for your holidays. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, save power. Yeah. It's one of those things, isn't it? I mean, I'm sure... Is it very old-fashioned when you leave the house for a holiday and you go around the house and turn off absolutely every single switch except for the fridge, just in mm. case it might no. burn down? That's common sense. Common yes. Sense. Oh, it's common sense. My, yes. my father was a, 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 fire, a chief fire officer for Bedfordshire and he would turn off everything, including the fridge and the gas. Oh, wow. So he would actually switch the whole gas meter off and everything. He was like, you come back in the house. It, it took you a half a day just to get the house back alive again. And warm. <laughs> and it's a pain in the arse as well because you've got to do all your clocks. All yes. the digital clocks. It's Everything. like, oh, what? But did your house ever burn down, Mark? Never. There was never exactly. any burning down of our house. So it worked out. Food makes, makes everything better. Our next problem, we're going to stay with food. Next problem is called the most fabulous food. This comes from Kieran, who says, Dear Agony Uncles, my mate Wayne and me are a bit like you too. We love bikes, we love rock music, and we live to eat. And food is something we talk about all the time. We got into a very deep discussion recently about the most versatile ingredient that exists in cooking. Uh, I believe the most uh, versatile ingredient to be the mushroom. They're fast to grow and you can do an infinite number of things with them. They're fat-free, low-sodium, low-calorie, cholesterol-free, packed with fibre, vitamins and minerals. Wayne, though, says it's chicken. Also fast to grow, lots of energy without the fat, and again, very versatile. We're fans of your work, say Kieran and Wayne, and so I'd be interested in your views on the most versatile ingredient. Over to you. Potatoes. <gasps> Onions. Potatoes. Onions. Potatoes. <laughs> You can do loads of potatoes. I mean, you get potatoes, you can have them in a salad, you can mash them, you can roast them, you can chip them. And people have written whole books on potatoes. If you go to Peru, I believe there's over 2,000 varieties of potatoes. Whoa. And, the, and the, you know, the potato for all seasons. And people take the potato for granted. You know, you should eat the potato when it's completely in season, because before it produces glucose, it'll never do good chips. Um, but I believe the potato, I mean, you can even have like a potato pie. We've just done a butter and potato pie or a potato meat pie. Um, I just think potatoes and you can live on them. I think Great source of vitamin C, fibre, mm. beautiful. Dave, I think you're right. Cause actually funny enough, I overheard a, a radio program at the weekend saying if you could have one food and one food only to survive on or go somewhere to eat, to have as much variety, as much health benefits and chances of survival, I think it was, it was the potato. Oh. Yeah, so I think you're spot on. Yeah, but when the, the when the posh English decided to destroy Ireland, and there was a potato famine, they decided the Irish would live on potatoes. It was I think I read somewhere that it needed to eat ten pounds of potato, which is about five kilos of potatoes a day, in order to sustain human life. Wow! Wow! So that's a lot of spuds. That is. 
I agree with him. <laughs> well, you, but you, did, you said onions. <laughs> you started off with onion. Yeah, go on, onions. Onions. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a rubbish <laughs> You can do loads, loads with an onion, can't you? You know, I mean, you you know, you know, apart from a pudding, obviously. Um, but yeah, no, I think potato. Yeah, no, potatoes definitely win. Potatoes, potatoes. Um, yeah. It's an additive. It doesn't like act as a standalone, does it? No, that's true. Unless you do like onion rings, or or baked onion. You can't chip an onion. You can, you, ooh, crispy onions though. Caramelised onions. You do an onion flour, though, can't you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Get onion mm. powder. Yeah, no, I think potatoes got to win definitely. And, and the it's other not... thing, the potato is you also can eat that. Oh, I suppose you could with an onion. Sorry, I'm lying. I was just saying, I had a friend of mine who was pregnant and she ate raw potatoes like apples, which was obviously oh. really hard to digest, but loved it. But of course, you can do that with an onion as well. It just tastes disgusting, personally. But yeah. Mm. Oh well, yeah, quite. Unless they're Roscoff. You can if you're hypnotised to think it's an apple, can't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, olive oh. oil's a good one. Yeah, olive oil's pretty... Salt and pepper's pretty versatile-ish. Uh, you put it in sweet stuff. Yeah, but olive oil, you can use it as a dipper. You yeah. can put it on bread. Yeah. Bread. That's not an ingredient, though, is it? It's mm. like several ingredients. Anyway, I think potatoes. Potatoes are one. I agree one. with Dave. Mm. Definitely. Oh, Kieran and Wayne, your very deep discussion uh, looks like that neither of you win there. It's all down to our friend the potato. Yeah. Chicken. It's full of growth hormone. If it grows that quickly, <laughs> who, who, what? You know, it's full of growth hormone and antibiotics. You need to be paying at least 14 quid for a decent chicken. Definitely. Wow. Yeah, chickens Man. aren't created equally, are they, Kingy? No, they absolutely are not, mate. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely no, and chicken, I don't know. Well, it's not that versatile because you're a vegetarian. You're not going to touch it. And but a potato. Uh-huh. Yeah. You can be a card-carrying northerner working in industry and still enjoy your tatey pie or some chips. Or you can be a frugal vegan who'll still enjoy their chips. 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 I mean, yeah. A well-formed chip is a thing of joy, isn't it? If you could, we, we did that thing, didn't we, with, with chips? Trying to make perfect chips. And it wasn't as easy as it seemed at first. Because a lot of the potatoes we were buying, they, they, were, they were kind of sweet because they'd been stored for too long. It's only when we found that we got a potato that was bang on in season, i.e. out the ground, even if it was a big spud, you could make good chips. Then, then actually the methodology of soaking them first in water to get rid of the starch... And in the end, we did make beautiful chips, like the twice cooked, I think was sufficient. We, we kind of give up a little on the triple cooked, unless you're doing those big logs, but you might as well have roast potatoes then. Yeah. But a twice cooked chip, soaked first with a good potato, was, was a thing of joy, wasn't it? With a bit of sea salt flakes and cider vinegar. Oh, wow. oh. That's lovely. So what would you two do then? You've both got a potato each. What's the go-to? What, what was, what's the ideal potato for you? Is it mashed? Is it chipped? Is, it, is that? Oh, I like a bit of mash, mind. You're a mash. Mm. Yeah, I like a bit of my... Is that, is that the second sitting? What, what happened there? <laughs> well, it's don't... Dudley. Oh, it's Dudley, Dudley. Me, grandfather clock. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, a bit, uh, he's a bit late. 10.26 <laughs> on the dot. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I'd, have, I, I, I'd have chips, you see. When I was a kid, I remember like when the first Foresight Sag was on, and I was very, very young, on Friday nights, my mum and dad... Now, I must have been about nine... They would give me two potatoes, point me to the kitchen with a chip pan, which was a saucepan full of hot oil, and let me make my own chips. 
and I would cut them so perfectly. This was such a treat. Just two potatoes. And I used to make a plate of chips with two rounds of bread and butter. I would form a chip butty, but I'd lay them perfectly symmetrically. And then what I would do is I would leave that to sit and soak so that the fat melted the butter and the bread went soggy. Then I'd eat the chips one by one and make them last. Then cut the sandwich into four, then eat my chip butty. Crust first, best bit last. Oh, I love those chip butties. I can taste them now. Wow. Low pack, of course. Gosh. There's, oh, a, me- there's a food memory. Isn't it yeah. just? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good God, I wonder how I lived, really, in that back kitchen full of flames. <laughs> <laughs> and that fat. Well, it's, yeah. it's a... They've been round the block 15 times, Tash. <laughs> <laughs> it's a resounding potato victory there. So um, there you are, uh, Wayne and Kieran. For your next discussion, what would you do with your potatoes? This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. If you've got problems, you'll be fine. Just drop the agony uncles a line. Our next problem is called a lamentable lunch. And we need just one single lady's name here. Posh I, uh, I lady's am. Name. I'm, I'm, um, Freesia. Freesia? Isn't that a cow? It's on a perfume bottle. Oh, It's the name of a cow and a perfume. Well, anyway, this comes from Freesia. <laughs> Who says, Dear Uncle Si, Uncle Dave and Posh Tash, I'm feeling a little bit hard done by. It's the school holidays and I went out for lunch with my friend. I have three children. She doesn't have any. After our nice lunch, the bill came. I said to the waiter, let's just split it in half, which seemed like the fair thing to do. But my friend, though, said no. She wouldn't pay half as four out of the five people for lunch for my family. I ended up paying 80 quid while she only paid 20. I need to say something to her about this. It's left a kind of bad taste in my mouth. How should I approach this? Ask Freesia. So Freesia wanted a friend to pay. Yeah, Was a well, friend happy to pay half? I've lost track of this. Fre- Freesia has three children. Yes. A uh, friend doesn't have any. They so there's one... four of them and one of the friend. That's correct, yes. And it, the, They should have uh, tried the friend. And yeah. so, and Freesia wanted it to go halves, but the friend said no, she was only no. paying her share. No. Oh. No. <laughs> we've, we've had this discussion before, I'm sure, about kindness and giving forward, etc. I think, as, as a mum of three kids, if I was there and one other person, I would absolutely say, I'll pay my way because I've got more than you and you've only eaten one. I would always offer, but invariably yeah. with the friends I keep, most people go, don't be silly, let's split it. But I would yeah. always offer to pay my fair share and never expect a single person to fork out for my kids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I just remember years, you know, there was many of the time that you had your three boys and and Janie and we'd go out together, Kingy. Yeah. And I was the spare wheel. And most of the time, we go, oh, sorry, right, I've got it. But then then I made up with it by, you know, it's my treat tonight, family. Yeah. Or, yeah. or verse, or let's split this, Kingy, it's fine. Yeah. You know, there's there's no principle to it. Um, no, it's just... to work out, really. Yeah, and it's like, and, you know... I kind of get it in the sense that I mean it's different. It's it, it's slightly different for us because that's exactly it. You know, we are family, and it, it it's that kind of thing of like, well, 
you know, uh, you used to go, okay, well, King, if you get that, then uh, I'll get I'll get a takeaway tonight for the gang. And then the kids used mm. to get really excited. <laughs> not as excited as Jane and I, mind. I have to say, I'll be like, yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to cook, yeah. Um, and, uh, and they'd be like h- hungry horses around the table. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, I just think, yeah, man, why would you? Why would you? And also, your mates had to put up with your three kids at the table. So... <laughs> That's what, you know, just give her a day off and pay for her dinner and her lunch. How, you cannot say we'll just split it in half. That's a bit... It's presumptuous is the word. It's presumptuous, yes. yeah. Pretty unanimous, isn't it, really? Yeah. Definitely. Freesia, it doesn't look like it's going your way. No. No. It don't mention isn't. it again, Freesia. Don't, don't bring it up don't with your friend. Don't mention that to friend. friend. And, no. and you need to have a look at yourself and go, actually, do you really think that's reasonable? No, because actually what you're asking your friend to do is pay for your, your your kid's lunch. And if it was your invitation in the first place, mm. then there is a kind of etiquette. If it's your invitation, then you kind of go, Let's, uh, I'll, I'll get it. Exactly. Well, then if it was the friend's invitation, then she should really cop out for the four of them. Yeah. yeah. Or at least you're willing. Yeah, that's a fair point, Dave, because we don't know who invited who on this one. Yeah. So if she said... Can I take you and your kids out for lunch? Different story. Completely. Yeah. But then, yeah. It like you know, it might have been like, like I say, going back to when I was single, King used to go out, and I used to go out with the Kingies. It was kind of, it wasn't any question of invitation, was it? It was just we no, were going no, out to eat just... because we were hungry. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, it's, it's a funny one, isn't it? But to make a principle of it like that, yeah, it's a bit hard, isn't it? I I think it should, yeah I think Fisher you you might be having a bit of a bit of a mean streak uh, <laughs> uh, come through there and it doesn't sound like you are well if you're down if you're down now don't get drunk don't get drunk just send an email to the agony uncles this is called a hair dye dilemma we need two male names uh, one male name from you Uncle Dave please and one from you Uncle Si uh, Brian Brian. Eric. Brian and Eric. This comes from Brian, who says, Dear Harry Bikers, my brother Eric is about to turn 70. He's always been a ladies' man. He's been married four times, always been a bit of a smoothie, as he's slim with a good head of hair and very charismatic. And interestingly, I went bald in my 30s while he's kept all his hair. My wife often asks if we were swapped at the hospital because we're so different. (laughs) And it's his hair that I have a problem with. In his 50s, Eric noticed he was going a bit grey, so he started dyeing it. It's jet black. Think about Brian Ferry when he was young. It's like that. <laughs> he continues to dye his hair to this day, so now Eric's hair doesn't match his body at all. He spent his life in the sun, enjoying what he calls the good times. His face is like a prune, but he's got hair like the Fonz. Worse <laughs> still, he's taken to dyeing his eyebrows now, and his dating photos are all a bit soft focus, so it looks like he's trying to pass himself off as a much younger man. Now, this doesn't seem to have any negative effect on Eric at all. He seems to have a different lady on his arm every time I see him. But I just want to take him to one side and say, don't you know he's a fake? At his age, he should be stopping all this gallivanting, taking life a bit more seriously. Plus, I think he's a bit of an embarrassment to the family. How can I tell Eric this without hurting his feelings? Asks Brian. Over to you. You miserable git, Brian. <laughs> you, you jealous, green-eyed monster, you. You, yeah, that point taken, I know what you mean. No, I think he needs to point it out, really. I noticed recently, and I love him dearly, so I'm not bitching, but Paul McCartney has kind of aged gracefully. 
So by the time he got to Glastonbury, he's up there busting it out with like a salt and pepper hair rather than the black hair that he sported for years. He just looks better. You always used to think that, going back to the days of a makeup artist, as you get older, it's as if like a soft focus on your skin. And you need to do that same softness in your hair. You know, a bit of salt and pepper coming through. It actually helps, you know, it's, you know, but, but the dyeing, when it's, if you dye it, it's a block dye. Unless you're mega rich and you have somebody weave the colours in so it looks fabulous and you go in every six weeks to get your roots done. You're knackered. It looks like being, you know, molested by a couple of caterpillars. <laughs> it's, it's really hard. As a makeup artist, it's a really hard look to do on somebody else in a temporary way to make it look authentic because a block colour doesn't work. You need several different colours. And when you think about it, you know, there's, we see some people and you think, oh, why doesn't somebody just tell them? They'd be so much better off. I think you need to be reassured that most people subconsciously are shouting out to them going, oh my God, what have you done? And I personally always quite liked an older man. And I love a grey <laughs> head. You know, I like I like a, a man that looks like a man who's growing old gracefully. And I just think dyeing your hair to try and look young, so unattractive. I can't believe men do it. And I've seen quite a few recently with that uncomfortable, dark, dark hair. And almost when their roots grow out, it's a little bit grey, so it looks even worse. It's because there's loads of adverts on the internet, isn't there? You know, and you it's meant to be so easy, except the picture of that fella's been done by a professional makeup artist yeah. in the studio lit properly. It's not that easy. And it's like wigs as well and toupees. You know, unless in films they work, so somebody watching it for days, hours on end, so it doesn't slip and it's curled in right. But in the street, when there's things like wind and rain, and, you know, I've had two pints and it's all gone a bit pissed, you know, it's, it's impossible. It's an impossible illusion to pull off, really. But at the same time, you know what? It's clearly working for him. I don't think they should think he's an embarrassment to the... If, he, if they think he's an embarrassment to the family just because he dyes his hair, that's rubbish. He can do... Look, yeah. He can yeah, look like whatever he likes. True. And he's happy and he's meeting women with it. So there's clearly a, a selection of ladies that love this look. He's happy. He's having a lovely time. He's Then all is well. I just personally think he probably does look a bit stupid, but... That's not my call. Mind you, it's funny. It's really acceptable to an older lady to have obviously dyed blonde or black hair, and you call it glamorous. But then when the fella tries it, he's meant to be an object of ridicule. It's not fair, is it? As you say, Dave, invest and make it look half decent and real. Or just accept who you are. A decent, good, grey-headed hair. That is great. Yes. But there are loads of ladies up, up north who dye their hair themselves because you can't afford the hairdressing bills. Yeah. And it is a block colour, but it's still like, you know, going to the club on a Friday night. You know, I'll, I'll give myself a rinse through. Yeah, purple. That's the only colour I'm not keen on, the purple rinse. Purple you, you'd be all right with your purple would take nicely on your hair now, Simon. Uh, well, yeah. Well, yeah. I, used, I used to drive, you know, Coronation Street, you know, Phyllis, the purple rinse, oh, yeah, the purple-haired yeah. temptress. I used to do her hair. No. She used to love it when I did it because I used three bottles. She came out, it was absolutely <laughs> violent purple, and she loved it. Oh, and um, Well, I had a lovely, she's called Jill Summers, the actress, and I once, I once went out to a casino with her, and she said the waiter came over and offered the bread rolls. She said, oh, leave the lad too, she said. He does love to build a butty out of his dinner. <laughs> I thought, oh, I went around, Phyllis. That was a stage name. But she, she could pull off a purple rinse. That's yeah. brilliant. I love that story. The other thing is, it's ironic, is that now it's very fashionable for young girls to have grey hair. Yeah, there's blokes doing it dark black and there's girls at 20 doing it grey. 
It's I'm going naturally grey. What a mixed up crazy world this is. I tried your beard once, didn't I, Si? It looked like me pubes. It was the same colour you tried to change. Didn't, 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 didn't kind of work, really. No, it didn't. <clears throat> I just remember looking at myself before going on stage going, wow. Yeah, I used eyelash dye. Yeah, you did. It, was, it did good. I mean... It, it, yeah, it was all right. It just wasn't right. No, no, well, no. I mean, because we did it because we were bored sat in the dressing room. That's why. <laughs> We thought it might give you more definition on stage. Yeah, definition. That's what I, I was going to do eyebrows as well. You like like crouch your marks for the carried on. <laughs> I'm glad we stopped when we did. Well, listen there, Brian. Uh, you should probably you should probably leave Eric to sort himself out. To be fair, but at the same time, you know, he'll be. I think it'll be noticed normally if he goes too far with the hair dye. So don't worry about it too much there. Uh, yeah, and, and just have a word with your brother. If, if your, your life's, life's in a mess, mess then the email, email address is the agony uncles at thehairybikes.co.uk. Yeah. Well, it's been another roller coaster of emotions <laughs> for us here, I'll tell you. So it's time uh, for us and you too to have a bit of a rest. Thank you so much for getting in touch. And if you haven't yet, please do. And send us your problems too. Agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk Agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk And while you do that, let me remind you that there'll be a new episode of the Agony Uncles next Friday. We'll guide you through more problems and predicaments. But in the meantime, it's goodbye from Poshness. Bye-bye. And from the Dupeness. Uh, goodbye. And for us hairy urchins. Goodbye. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.